welcome to episode 31. Our spooky Christmas, or creep... Oh, <laughs> creepy Christmas. Creepy Christmas, sorry. Well, Grace is currently losing her mind for I'm, one of our favorite SNL sketches. And I have to apologize. This is our second attempt at recording <sighs> because yeah, I had to... I accidentally deleted it all, so I'm it's so okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. So we we're going some giggles. We're, uh, oh, I love the SNL skit. Like, I'm sorry, guys. Like, around this time of year for Christmas, so my, before we jumped on, my brother FaceTimed us and he says we look like the two ladies from the SNL skit. The NPR ladies. The NPR ladies from the SNL skit. You know, like, so we have our headphones. We were like wearing these kind of like Christmas y ish kind of sweaters. And, oh, that was so good. So we had to watch that just to inspire us a bit. So, welcome. Hi. Welcome to episode 31, our creepy Christmas episode. Sounds like it's going to be a spectacular time. Mm-hmm. It sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> so bad. It's so bad. Uh, so yeah. So it is our Christmas episode. So welcome. And I just before we said this, and I'm going to repeat this again because we have to. I just want to say to all of our listeners who are out there. So the whole three listeners who are out there listen to us right now. Uh, <laughs> please be kind to your fellow teacher friends and family members because it is a tough time of year. Yeah. So buy them. You know, if you see them at a bar, buy them a glass of wine or beer. Or if you see them at the LCBO, pay forward. Buy that bottle of wine for them. And maybe make sure they're okay because it's not usually that we're out late enough to be at a bar at this time of year. We're usually trying to sleep. So make yeah. sure you have a safe room. <laughs> exactly. So they didn't sleepwalk there. Just buy them, you know, an Uber Lyft or like that for like a friendly gesture. <laughs> so welcome to episode 31. We're excited. Continue with our creepy Christmas month. I'm pretty excited because Beth, as usual, has some awesome treasure trove of yeah i'm going to be talking about christmas scary movies that mm-hmm. um, are a bit different than some of the ones you might have already heard of and some of them you'll probably wish you hadn't heard of by the time this episode is done exactly so if you're tired of you know the home alones and the white christmas and this godforsaken like hallmark movies okay you if you have not seen it yet i don't know how but you need to check out the snl Harm- hallmark movie spoof Oh my gosh, it was so good. Oh really? Okay, I have to watch yeah, it then. It's, they nail it. They nail it perfectly. Oh, those movies are so bad. Oh, they're so bad. Yes. So Yeah. So we're going to give you an alternative. Yes. We're going to give you the um, antidote to that. Yeah. And I... So, oh, sorry. No, go I was going to say that. And I'm just really excited. So like... Beth has got some like awesome movies here. So I think... <laughs> so pull yourself, you know, a pen and paper and... So you really know, watch it on like oh, and Amazon and Am- oh, yeah, Amazon Prime yes. and Netflix have got tons of like B-rated like crappy core movies. So I know they're so good. They're bad. I'm not going to talk about Black Christmas because everybody knows about it. Everyone's talking about the remake. I'm just we've talked about it. we've course. talked to death about it. Mm-hmm. But it's still such a great film. So you've all heard of like Gremlins, which are adorable, and Krampus. Those are kind of the ones people think about. But there is a whole bunch of movies that people haven't heard about that look pretty, pretty boss. Uh, one of them is called A Christmas Horror Story. And it came out in 2015. And this is an anthology film. So lots of different stories in. And one of the stories is from the same guy who directed the Ginger Snaps trilogy. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen it. The cover of it is basically like this demon Viking looking dude. Trying to get in a fight with Santa. It looks like the Underworld yeah, kind of like cover, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Underworld mixed with Pan Labyrinth. <gasps> yes. Yeah. And That's another it. one that kind of surprised me <clears throat> I hadn't heard about because it, it features the fabulous Emily Blunt mm-hmm. is a movie called Windchill. And basically, it's a story about a bunch of college ladies 
who get stranded at the side of a remote highway around the holidays. And the only thing they had to survive on is their Van Dutch hats and belts. <laughs> No wonder they're so cold. I know. And my favorite part of this is, like, the review on the front says, a moody, spooky tale. Well, it's a bunch of girls. I like how they're, it's, like, a very, like, early 90s. Yeah. Or 2000s, rather. It's pretty ridiculous. But I just like how they're, like, it's moody. I'm like, is it, though? (laughs) (laughs) Well, wouldn't you be moody, too, if you were stuck in a highway, like, off the road? Yeah, that's true, too. Just saying. That is true, too. Another one, if you're looking for something a little bit funnier, his actually, it's called Anna and the, uh, oh, is it Anna and the Apocalypse? Hold on, let me pull up my notes. I've lost it. Okay, I'll come back to that one. But another one that, if you're looking for, is pretty ridiculous. It's called Santa Claus with C-L-A-W-S. Okay, just do, you have to make sure Chris is another one with cats on it, okay, people? So if you go to YouTube it, you're going to get the one with cats. Which might be better. <laughs> oh, yeah. So basically it came out in 1996. I haven't watched it. This is a review from Den of Geek. Basically, Joe Russo, he did Night of the Living Dead. 30 years later, he decided to come up with this one, which Den of Geek describes as decidedly sleazy, which focuses more on boobs than yuletide butchery. <laughs> it's just, it's kind of about like this B-rated, a B-horror film actress who's getting stalked by this guy. It's it's pretty bad. Low-budget screen queen, Debbie Sean, R-O-C-H-O-N, is in it. But, like, we watched a clip, and it's, like, one of the... Oh. It, it goes from, like, like this woman... It looks very late 70s, even though it was it in the 90s. It totally does. It's definitely a lot more racy than I'd like, but there's some pretty hilarious ones that when you watch the movie with, like, a reviewer. Yes. I might post that one. As long as you know it's not safe for work, I don't endorse it. It's pretty funny. Okay, you have to watch the one with the person who's doing the voiceover because that person's voiceover is actually makes the film even better. You probably don't have to watch the film. Just probably watch the YouTube video. Watch the clip of it. And it's pretty brilliant. I think that person gives a really good synopsis. And the best is that the, the, the killing implement is the funniest. It looks like a dollar store kid's gardening tool. The thing that gets me is when we first started watching it, I was like, is that somebody doing a review or is that supposed to be the guy's <laughs> inner monologue? Like, we weren't sure at first. <laughs> That's, if you want like a really, I don't think it's the room level bad, but it's up there. Another one I haven't seen, which I will be watching later tonight, is called Santa's Slay, S-L-A-Y, which came out in 2005. Basically, in this film, Santa is the Antichrist sent into a thousand years of delivering gifts after losing a curling match with an angel. And is played by former pro wrestler Bill, who's next Goldberg. As the only son of Satan, and you know what they say about rearranging those letters, Sorry, I'm just, I'm reading this, but it's so good. Santa, whose grim legend is immortalized in the Book of Claws. He can now at last spread Christmas fear with weapons, karate kicks, hand grenades, exploding oh presents. Gosh. And his own perverse idea of what ho, ho, ho should really mean. Oh. Yeah. Santa so, sleigh. It's, uh. A lot of Van Dutch belts yeah, again in that film. It's, uh, yeah. So that's <laughs> I love it. Just your only response. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now, they're not all horrible, I guess. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was going to say that. And the next one was oh, yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night, which came out in 1984. Which, I mean, it's, for those people who are into 1980s horror movie, you have to see it. I haven't watched it all the way through yet. I keep falling asleep, which I don't know what that says about me. 
Um, but it actually spawned a couple of a uh, couple of sequels. So it's worth a watch. Yeah, um, it's kind of like a crazy guy with an axe terrorizing people on Christmas. I love that. So another one is called Sint. S I N T. Maybe it's supposed to be Saint, and I just they're missing the accent. Oh, well, maybe say the accent. <laughs> <laughs> so this one came out in 2010. It's one of the later ones on the list. And he kind of, he started going into Krampus territory a little bit with this one. Mm. It's not full out Krampus. But it's kind of boring from a lot of the earlier Italian-Spanish horror movies. As well as the Danish folklore, Sinterklaas. Oh, yes, I did talk about Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas. A bloodthirsty medieval murderer. So it's kind of a, yes. it's kind of interesting. Um, once again, it should be, should be interesting. But if you're looking for something that's a bit more tried oh. and true, uh, Tales from the Crypt did all through the house back in 1972. As, of course, there's, uh, oh, I missed it. Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale. Um, this one has subtitles. It's Finnish, so you know it's really dark. And oh, yes. Um, you should tell the Finnish neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> Not to say the Finnish people are. They just make really good films. They do. And then there's one that I thought was kind of interesting that you may not want to show your children. It's called The Children, appropriately <laughs> enough. And basically, there's this sickness that spreads, which is going through all of our schools right now. Uh, that's so why I have, a, I, once again, I have another cold. Yeah. But instead of colds and flu, this actually turns children against their parents while they're on Christmas vacation. Yeah, isn't it called teenagehood? Or tag your it. Christmas break, we load them up with sugar, we send them home to you. <laughs> it's called being a teenager. Yeah. So there's just a few. I'll probably post more. Oh, it was Anna and the Apocalypse. Anna and the Apocalypse. It's got a 78% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's, it's more more funny than scary. But mm-hmm. if you're looking for kind of like a lighthearted zombie Christmas movie I'm for your very specifically themed party. Oh, how about the one, the... But they bring Triloquist, the... Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about the best one. Yeah. Reminding me. Okay, so this movie, it's best known for um, kind of starting the wave of people being terrified of ventriloquist dummies. And it is called Night of Dead. And basically, it's by a red... Oh, what does red mean? Red man? Where is it? So basically, it takes place during a Christmas holiday party. And all these people... Come together in a house where someone's been murdered. Dead of Night. That's what it is by Redgrave. Michael Redgrave. And That's such a cool name, Redgrave. Like, if you're going to be writing a horror movie, Redgrave, best name. So, basically, it is famous for the making everyone terrified of ventriloquist puppets. But they also have... (laughs) It also has a kind of an interesting twist. I call her Sally Spectre. Mm -hmm. But if you just check it out, it's got a really interesting, interesting twist at the end. I think it's definitely one of the... I'll be watching that tonight. Movies. Yeah. That's something night, I'm going to be watching not tonight. Dead of Night. Not Night of the Living Dead, but Dead, Dead of night. night in 1945. If you guys have ever seen, like, I guess it would be similar to uh, Todd Bowen's uh, Freaks. It's like the same era mm-hmm. of film. Well, I think Freaks was like <laughs> a little bit earlier, but oh, it's a black and white film, guys. It's totally worth it. Yeah. it's, it's There's a lot of creepy stuff. Yeah. It's kind of one of those. I mean, it's from 1945, so you have to mentally prepare yourself for that. But there's... Like, little boy plays hide-and-seek with, like, a ghost child, and there's... Okay, and so, you know, it's funny to say that because <laughs> the people we were talking with, like, you know, think about Christmas mm-hmm. traditions. Back in the Victorian days, like, people used to tell ghost stories. Like, yeah. ghost stories were a big thing. Like, ghost stories weren't told at Halloween. Ghost yeah. stories were told around Christmas time. And I have this cool book. It's all Victorian ghost stories. That'd be amazing. We should uh, do a relive one day. Oh, my god, That'd be really cool. That would be cool. <gasps> I could do, like, a really bad... 
accent where it goes between, you're not sure, is it Australian? Is it English? Is it South Jersey? I don't know. It could be one of those. I was waiting for you to be like, like a very creepy, like trying to be like European Dutch. Nope. It all sounds really bad to the end. So I might even try to try, you know, try to, or I could do a very 1920s, you know, like, you know, the the mid-Atlantic, transatlantic. transatlantic, (laughs) So I love that there's like ghost stories. If you guys actually want to do an old school tradition, Mm -hmm. like I want to start doing when we have, start kicking some kids around here. I don't mean like kicking kids. But kicking around some kids out of, you know, whatever. Yeah. We have children. I want to start that tradition. That's awesome. Well, thank you for indulging me with this. I know I rambled on a bit. I'll no. put a list up. I've been all over the place. I'm going to truth up. This was kind of a last minute pull together for me. So I don't care. They got some good stuff. They, I'm excited to hear your stuff. I, I'm just happy because, like, it's light, It's nice to hear, like, non-Christmas stories. Like, you know, people, like, they're doing all these, like, Christmas stuff. Yeah. And then <laughs> I've been watching things like Grimm. There's a TV show. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Grimm, like it's a show on Prime and it's about this guy who's like, he's a, like a lineage of like the Grimm, like Brothers Grimm. Oh, no way. And he can see all the like the different like monsters and he can be able to see That's it. He cool. basically slays. It's a TV show. It's called The Grimm or You're called um, Grimm. Your boy, Super Caval, he's got The Witcher coming out. <laughs> he's so good looking. Sorry. Can I just say a shout out to whoever works on Vikings for making the new season start last week? Just in time for Christmas. Mm. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> okay. But you have some crazy stuff I'm excited to hear about. So as going on part of our creepy Christmas tradition. Creepy, creepy, creepy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take that one, Dave. <laughs> Try to copy that one. It's like magic hands. <laughs> Do this dance right now. It's in our 80s jams. I know. I said, you know, keeping with this whole creepy Christmas tradition, I'm going to continue with our creepy Christmas facts. And again, I have so much fun when I do these facts. And I just like, I'm like, I like, like, I like just to share and tell people. And I just love to see their faces. They just look mortified. I'm like, isn't that awesome? They're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and I'm like, this is so cool. So in Eastern Europe, there is this witch called the Disemboweling Witch, Christmas Witch. So, uh, not to be included with the Easter distance. Yeah, I know, like not to be in included with the, like, I don't know, the Hugging Witch. This is the Disemboweling Witch. And <laughs> so, this is quite funny. Okay, guys. So, again, these are old Christmas traditions. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not making fun. And these are just like cool facts that, you know, we got to respect. This is what people believe in. So, like I said, Eastern Europe, there's a story told about to children about Frau Precha and of the Christmas or the Christmas witch. She has two faces. She has a nice face for the nice children and a bad face and a scary face rather for to show the naughty children. She comes into the homes on around the 12 days of Christmas. She leaves pieces of silver for the in the shoes for the good children. But for the bad children, she opens her bellies, takes out their organs and replaces with pebbles and straw. Oh my goodness. I just love that. So many questions. questions. (laughs) I know it's like a poppy, right? Like, and then Beth asked me, she's like, are they still alive? Are they dead? What do you do? And she's like, that's for you to find out. I'm just going to leave that. I know. It doesn't say more than that. To me, that's more terrifying. Right? What is, and like, how does she have two faces? Is it, does it just morph? Or is it like one in the front, one in the back and she flips her hair? I don't know. Or is it like those, remember those dolls we had in her The twist of the head? Yes. Or like, Yeah. 
These are the those ones. dolls were creepy as AF. Less creepy, but just had a flashback. Remember those dolls where it was like a little lady in a dress, and then you flip her upside down, put the dress yes. on, another lady. Yes, yeah. I had one that was very. Uh, uh, I, I want to say politically incorrect one. Oh, okay. Where we yeah. had friends and family who lived like half the time in the Caribbean, and yeah. then and they brought me one where. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And uh, was it filled with strong pebbles though? I don't know, but I just, I was, I had so many questions about the doll. My parents are kind of disturbed. I think they, <laughs> really? they removed it. Yeah. That's yeah. That's probably safer, but. Because of, yeah, just yeah. like, it that's was talking about racial, like inappropriately. Like, gotcha. just like, yeah. Anyhow. But that's crazy. It's yeah. Disemboweling. Disemboweling Christmas witch. I'm just saying that's a lot more effective than Elf on the Shelf. Okay. So, and it's funny. So, as, you know, as a teacher, we're doing these cool uh, Christmas traditions around the world. Yeah. This one. And I have this book, and so every year I do with my students, and it's so cool. Like, so we talk about everything from like Australia to like it happens in like in Africa, like mm-hmm. you know Kwanzaa. We, so it's a cool book. So one of them was out talking about you know the the tr- tradition in Holland where they put it's similar yeah, to this where they yeah. put silver and they put fruit and candies in the wooden clogs. So it's funny as I was reading this of like. So as I was teaching my students and we're, you know, showing these books and we're making these books, I felt like telling them, like, did you know? <laughs> but you know what, though? Knowing my students and because they're my students, they probably love it. Probably. No, my students, they're probably like, that is cool. And then they're going to probably want to make something out of it. Yeah. And make our door. <laughs> it's like, you know, like the Burning Man kind yeah. of thing. Like we'll make it like a... Yeah. I got in a large kind of like straw man and we can burn it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the best. Oh. And then, there's a Christmas door. There you go. The bees. The bees. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, so man. I was doing this. I, I laughed. I'm like, my students are probably like really enjoy this. Oh, man. You know what? They probably, I don't, some kids can really handle it and some kids, kids can't. Kids can't. I know. I know. But, oh, my gosh. I love how that's only the first of your Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I have a lot more. So I I only chose two because I can go on and I I can do a whole episode on these itself. These are amazing. So another one, it's called the Greek Christmas Goblin. Now, I'm going to totally butcher this name. I'm going to ask my girlfriend who's Greek if I pronounce. Oh, well, it is like, you know, I, I just wish they would just. Give me the phonetics of the spelling, but whatever. So nothing says Christmas like goblins, or at least for the Greeks. The Kalanazori, Kalanazori, let's call it that, are small goblins who live underground all year, but come out during the 12 days of Christmas to intimidate people, spoil the food, and pee in their flower beds. (laughs) Or as you call it, drunk neighbors. (laughs) Greek families use black handled knives in in the lower part of the jaw, of the pig, or they tangle string that's hung over the doorways to wear off the little monsters. Much like the werewolf superstition, children who are born on Christmas Day are believed to be worse turned into this monster themselves. Really? Yeah. That's so not only like, I was like, oh, by the way, sweetie, there's goblins. Oh, and by the way, because you're born on Christmas, you are going to become one of them. Right? That's hilarious. I don't know what the steps are. Okay, love you. Bye. <laughs> Try not to pee in our fire bed. You hit the neighbor. Yeah, exactly. So she let me to caddy comment at the big sale. Go pee in her. I know, exactly. <laughs> be a monster her. So that really brings up meaning to like little monsters. Yeah. That's really I wonder if that's where that term comes from. The children being little monsters. Maybe. I don't know. Uh-huh. That was really cool. I know. So, oh my gosh, there's so many. Like there, I will probably, 
Let's just keep it going. I know. I just I'll give you more crispy Christmas facts. We'll go right into like Orthodox Christmas. Oh, which is awesome because that goes right till January sixth and seventh. Okay, so for mine, I thought because it is Scarberia, and we do talk about random Canadian places and creepy places. One of my cool, like favorite places. And if you are from Toronto, and actually a lot of people who around the world have been to this place, I'm gonna be talking about the Distillery District. If you guys don't know about this place, oh, super cool. So the distillery has some amazing restaurants. Some of my favorites called Clooney, an amazing French restaurant. I mean, this place makes off the chain, like their croissants. They're so buttery and delicious. I just, you know, and everyone's chocolate. Oh God, I'm salivating. El Catrine, which used to be the boiler room, but El Catrine is an amazing like Mexican restaurant. And I think they got like 250 different types of like tequila there. That's cool. It's insane. The Mill Street, and they have things like, as you guys can tell, the distillery district. Yeah. <laughs> they have all types of distilleries there, gin, sake. They have this place called Soma Chocolate Air. Like, it's a chocolate place. Oh, they actually have this, like, large, like, stone grinder. They actually crush up their own... No way. Yeah, cocoa. I actually brought a friend, Dave, when he was in town. I brought him there, and he bought his wife, Winnie, some chocolate. I made him buy Like, you have to buy this for her, because the chocolate is just absolutely delicious. That's and hilarious. they make the most incredible, like, spicy hot chocolate. It's this chili hot chocolate. It's just so delicious. It's like they actually get a chocolate, they grind it, and they make hot chocolate. So it's like thick and delicious. Oh, so good. I'm so hungry now. So this place, it's beautiful about the distillery is that they have over 80 shops and boutiques. And right now it's the coolest because they have it set up for the Christmas holidays. And it's cool because they do a traditional German kind of Christmas market there. Mm -hmm. And you can eat warm pretzels you can eat pretzel or you can have schnitzels in a pretzel bun which i highly recommend and you can actually have a you know a mug of mulled wine on big open fire so like all these restaurants have this like huge open fire pits Ooh. and you have tables and chairs you just sit there and you eat and you drink and you walk around and it's a cool thing so a lot of times my friends have been there just we drank we ate and we shop and when you drink when you're shopping so the best is when you're like drunk and shopping mm-hmm. best kind of shopping and then I remember the next day I'm like oh cool I bought these socks I bought random socks one that's time. hilarious oh my so thanks to distillery for let me buy some drunken socks that's pretty fun so it was actually pretty fun but the history of this place is amazing so if you guys are not too familiar where it is it's just basically off of French Street in like Cherry Street so when you come into downtown it's kind of like in this pocket this place was for years, kind of like, I would say in the late, I mean, probably 90s to or the 80s and 90s, it kind of like was not dilapidated. It was just kind of run down the whole neighborhood. And so, and they just basically pumped new life into it a couple of years ago. Oh, wow. So the district itself began in 19, sorry, 18, 19, 1831, when James Wart came to Canada and opened a mill for grinding grain with his brother-in-law, William Goodrum. Along with her families, two years later, Wart's wife died during childbirth, and he was so distraught and heartbroken, he actually ended his own life as well. Mm -hmm. However, Goodrum's brother-in-law continued with the business and partnered up with Wart's eldest son. In 1837, response to the increase of harvest grain in Upper Canada farms, which still happens, a little side note, some of the best grains in the world are actually out west, the People think, and this is cool, and I know this for a fact because I was talking to a couple of chefs, and the best pasta, you know, usually comes from Italy. Yeah. Well, guess what? All the wheat is actually from out west. Really? They buy all the wheat from out west because they believe we make the best, we have yeah. the best wheat. So they ship all this wheat to Italy, 
the Italians and like the factories make all this pasta and they ship it back. That's amazing. So we actually have the best flour here. That's pretty cool. So I actually heard this from a couple of Italian chefs. They said, yeah, the best wheat and there's the best pasta. It's all come from Canada. That's really mm-hmm. cool. So anyhow, so they, they added... Uh, the, sorry, he added the distillery to the mill, producing the first spirit of whiskey. By the 1850s, the Goodrum and Wart's distillery was fully functional and thriving. And this included a wharf, storage facilities, an ice house, a copper shop, a barrel making, a dairy, in addition to already operating distilleries and a flour mill. And in 1859, Gooder opened a new distillery on Mill Street, mm. which is, we know, yeah. Mill Street Beer. Yeah which is said to be the most important contribution to Toronto's manufacturing business. Although a fire to destroy a lot of the part of the buildings, again, shocking alcohol, fire, mm, force, Canada, Canada. <laughs> anyone. <laughs> oh, every time I think about it, I always think back to the, uh, what you call it? The, the brothers, the Donnelly's, the fighting, and like, in the, I just laugh. I'm sorry. I should not be laughing, but it's funny. The Chinese manufactured business, although the fire destroyed part of the building in 1869, forced in Goodrum to uh, reconstruct the building and his business continued to thrive. Now, fast forward a few years later. So in 1871, Goodrum and Warts became one of the most, and has became the largest export in spirits production, shipping millions of gallons across Canada, as well as North America and South America. At one point, it was the largest distillery in the world. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right in our backyard, yo. Who knew? I know. So if you ever go there, guys, you can see like this place is, is impressive. And in eight, 1990s, the distillery was granted new life. Like I said, it became a popular destination for films. About over 1,700 films have been filmed there. That's and TV shows. And I just found out one to kind of tie in my scary oh. movies with your distillery. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> you've been drinking. <laughs> I wish. Sorry, guys. Teacher. Do you know exactly? <laughs> you are on teacher break. Um, if you guys hear my voice, I'm sorry. I, again, I'm just getting over another cold. And it sounds like I smoked like three packs today. <laughs> it's so gross. And that's because the children. Children flu. Sorry, go on. Uh, uh, I was just going to say, this scary movie, I, I don't find it particularly scary, but it, back in the day it was huge. The Fly, starring our favorite Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> was filmed in the, uh, part of, was filmed in, in the distillery district. So that's just one of the many... Films. Please continue. Oh, if you guys, if you guys ever want to buy me something for Christmas and for Beth and I, they actually have a Jeff Goldblum tights. They have all faces Jeff Goldblum all over it. That's so funny. I want that. That's you can send it. You can buy those for us. So Hollywood, like a lot of films have been filmed mm-hmm. film there and shows. Like, like I said, if you guys, it's the coolest place. So the distillery was purchased by Cityscapes Holdings in 2001. Underwent like a huge project, restored the place itself, turned it into a car-free neighborhood that would pre- uh, preserve the heritage, entirely dedicated to arts, culture, entertainment, and like I said, it's the best spots for like shopping and restaurants. And even and this is so cool because our friends at the Ghost Walks, mm-hmm. hey guys, yeah, they actually host a Segway ghost tours there. That's awesome because they usually do the foot one, but they actually do Segway tours now, ghost tours. That's cool. But like I said, this story is so cool because. Like, they did a like I mean an amazing job preserving like the buildings yeah, are original. Yeah. So there's nothing new in this like huge like few blocks. Everything outside of there is yeah. new, and they added to the new part. I mean like to the old part, but they left the old part. The cobblestones. It is just the coolest thing ever, people. So I just highly recommend going there. Now this is a cool thing. So according to EatDrinkAndTravel.com. 
The distillery had such a hotbed of paranormal activity that the Toronto Ghost and Haunting Society or Research Society, which I just want to give a big shout out to those guys because those guys have been around for such a long time. And they were basically, they were my bread and butter when I first started into the paranormal. Yeah, I think that was a lot of people in this area's kind of first kind of. Yeah, taste and into like this is before Ghost Adventures, before all these guys. Yeah. Like these yeah, guys have been around forever, and they actually chronologically and they put it by alphabetical order mm-hmm. all these places that are haunted in Toronto and even outside Toronto. And so you can actually click on and this place is basically it was like my gateway truck to apparent like into yeah. the to the paranormal because I would find all these great places. My friends and I would go find them. We actually go oh, do research cool. and we go to these places. So um, because like I said, this area is such a hotbed for paranormal they kept an active file on all the sites and recordings and usual events that happen with witnesses over the years and this is from like employees to customers to work crews and films like they've been okay. documenting this there have been numerous uh, reportings of doors opening and closing strange banging sounds lights flickering as well as other poltergeist activities experienced by the workers and field crews like i said on site So these are just some of the stories. So Huffington Post did a really good article on this. And there's a lot of other resources, but I found that Huffington Post just did like a really good research on this. Now, what I went a couple of years ago with my, our friend, Karen, Hey Karen, what up? We actually went, we did the ghost walk and we did the lantern. It was such a cool thing to do. We had decided to do it one night. Like we were bored. Like, let's go. And we went for dinner and then we decided to go. And then we ended up going to a bar later, which is the coolest thing to do. So I would recommend that. Do yourself a solid. If you want to do something fun, they have the they have the tours running all year round. Really? Yeah. And at certain times at night, I think it's twice a night they run it. And obviously during Halloween, right. they have it more frequent. But if you want to do something fun, I would say like go for dinner or just like, you know, go for the walk and then just end up back there and go for like another drink. Mm-hmm. I totally recommend. And I will tell you the places to go where they actually have the best hotbeds of paranormal. And I've actually been to these places, again, a couple of years ago, unwillingly not knowing that they were actually haunted. Mm-hmm. These are cool. So one employee who worked at, now it's called El Catrine, which used to be called the Boiler House. Now I've been to both was Boiler House and El Catrine. The El Catrine is now this awesome Mexican restaurant. Like I said, where it has like tons of different tequilas you can mm-hmm. choose from. A, an employee said she witnessed, I witnessed like she saw this, a bottle flying like over the size of the wine rack it's like an oversized wine rack in the restaurant she goes she's never seen anything like it she reported the bottle flew away from the shelf and then dropped and landed flat on the bar and didn't even break it didn't even wobble it just landed that's weird right and so again you work at a bar i worked at a bar you're not drinking you're serving the drinks and to witness us you're like i didn't know you worked at a bar oh yeah that's funny what job did i work at i'm like just i worked at so many different jobs you got to work in different jobs so you appreciate with ones you have. That's true. While preparing for a dinner rush, another employee, again, at the this was on the boiler house. Now, I would like to know if El Catrine, if any employees now experienced, again, this is from the boiler house. And when he did this switch over, I think it stirred up some activity, maybe. So the boiler house, again, spotted another terrifying scene with the very same wine rack. The color dropped from her face, apparently, and she started trembling. A witness reported she pointed towards the wine, wine rack and said, there's a man hanging by his neck above the bar. Oh, that's charming. So they believe like, so, and I know exactly because if you go to this place, like I said, it's massive bar. You can actually see it's like huge. It's like floor to ceiling. I, I, I honestly can't think of how many feet. 
So I think I know exactly where she's talking about because you could actually still now switch it over and you can see huge, almost like barn beams. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's where a couple of people did die. And I'm thinking that's where Wurtz took his own life. The gentleman who, that after his wife be. died, because he did take his own life. Yeah. Again, the, uh, a witness and bolted from the, I said the same witness. Mm-hmm. She said, apparently she left the restaurant and never came back. She actually quit really? on the spot. Yeah. Wow. She never came back. So the same building mm-hmm. film crew member who was working, he was working for a few hours. He said, as he was wrapping up, he said that he saw, he saw a man in 1940s, like, or like totally yeah. dressed up in 1940s with boots and everything walking next thing he disappeared right in front of his eyes wow. yeah and so like reports of people said like they see the things again door slamming witnesses like they like they will again because oh. it's old buildings because yes they're drafty but these like some of these doors are so heavy in these restaurants like you need to give it a good push and you gotta give it a good pull but these doors will swing open oh, and wow. you need like full force in order to open these doors People witness these doors opening. So that El Katrine, same thing happening at the Mill Street, mm-hmm. the restaurant heard, itself. Yeah, I've heard that one. Straight. That place is, again, pretty active. Glasses go flying. Mm-hmm. Things go missing. Again, they hear disembodied voices. Like people are closing up and they hear things all around them. There's nobody there. Apparitions. Mm-hmm. They will see apparitions, not little girls, but more of a male. Like they will see like apparitions of full-size like adults walking around. So this place is just like okay. a hot spot. Like, so there's a three main buildings. If you do want to go check out, go eat, have a good time. El Katrine and definitely Mill Street restaurant That's there. That's wild. Yeah. So itself, it is a pretty hot, big hotbed of paranormal yeah, activity. a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So apparently, I know, like I said, the one guy, I did hear a story. I'm now, I could be wrong about yeah. somebody got killed there. But I know, like, I do know this hanging of the one yeah. story of the person hanging himself. That's and committed suicide wow. where the building is. So why I chose this because it's Christmas because they do have the Christmas market going on right now. So you uh, can go get your Christmas and ghost on at the same time. Why not? Yeah. And you can have a spirit with a spirit. <laughs> so yeah, that is my tale of the yeah, distillery district. Uh, that was that was neat. A little history and fun. And now so I really neat. want a schnitzel pretzel sandwich. To to with a mulled wine oh so you go good. you can sit and you can watch people and see if they're real <gasps> that's the best thing people watching okay that's another best thing when we go there my friend my girlfriend I yeah. love to sit there and we people watch <laughs> we've seen like full of like boyfriend girlfriends like yeah. fight <laughs> fighting and it's the best thing you don't go to your, like yeah I go with Chris it's more of a thing you go with your girlfriends fair enough and you dress fair up enough. and don't I, I don't dress up dress warm Say, don't look cute. No, no, you don't look cute there. We wear hats. We wear a lot of thick layers of jackets. You smell like, you know, like fire smoke because you're sitting by the fire. But man, it is so much fun. That's awesome. So, yeah. Maybe one day. Yeah. So, that's pretty cool. And so, uh, we will be back after Christmas. So, Merry Krampus. And, uh, do you want to hear a random story? Oh, and I got some jokes too. Okay, perfect. Okay, <laughs> so we're not leaving you yet. So this isn't related to Halloween or Christmas at all. It's okay. I like random uh, stories. But sometimes I think I went to uh, a college up here in Toronto. It's quite a bit smaller. It's in a bit of a... The college itself is in Fru-Fru, but it's nestled in a Fru-Fru area. And they filmed the movie American Psycho 2 there, mm-hmm. starring Mila Kunis and William Shatner. Mm-hmm. And so it was one day, it was close to Christmas because I was cramming for exams and had this one study carol. And I always sat there and I'd be there till like two, three in the morning sometimes. Not as often. Usually that's a lot. Usually midnight. 
but I'd be sitting there and I'd be studying, I'd be by myself. And I didn't find it too creepy. I found it peaceful. I was like, no, the ghosts are all down in the garden. This is fun. <laughs> so I'm watching the movie one day on Christmas, uh, when I was off on Christmas break, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh yeah, I had class there. Oh yeah, I had that. No. That's, they're singing my study carol. No. No. Some character got like brutally murdered at my study carol. And I was oh like, no. So now I'm sitting there at 12 o'clock at night being like, mm. I thought it was you. I thought you were like, they filmed me when I was in there and I didn't know. No. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is way They did it at a time when it was all closed down. But I wasn't. So that's why I couldn't get into that section of the library that one time. So studying yeah. does kill. So studying does kill. If I had been there that night instead of that random extra, oh, I could have been You could have been murdered. <laughs> murdered. The story was funnier in my head than it was. That is pretty funny, though. It just kind of changed that study carol for me now. I was like, I don't think I can sit here anymore. Yeah. I have a certain things at my... You look cool. I thought you were cool. And now I'm just... For a few years there, I couldn't sit in my favorite study carol. Well... It's filmed in Canada, and it's William Shatner, who's Canadian, too, so. Legendary. Legendary. But I need to hear some of these. Beth and I are both big fans of uh, uh, Magic for Humans, and a huge fan of Justin Willem, because I just think it's funny. Anyhow, so it kind of inspired me. I, I love my dad, but he, he's a worst joke teller, but I also oh, love no. good jokes. Okay. So I thought, hey, and my students have been telling me random jokes, so I got inspired to tell mm-hmm. some Christmas jokes. I'm excited for this. So these are very dad jokes, guys, so. You know, be with me. So. so what kind of Christmas music does an elf like? I want to say EDM for some reason. Nope. Rap music. Mm-hmm. Ah. W. It's W-R-A-P. What, what? Learning and telling jokes. Uh-huh. Okay. Another one. How can Santa, <laughs> How can Santa <laughs> deliver presents during a thunderstorm? You ask? I do ask. His sleigh is flown by reindeer. Oh, wow! No, this is the best one. You know, this is actually really good when you're teaching whatever that thing's worth. It sounds the same. Spelled yeah, exactly. What do you call a snowman with a six-pack? A Canadian fridge. <laughs> an abdominal snowman. Oh, abdominal like snowman. I like that one the best. I know. It's, these are one. such dad jokes. Oh they're such dad jokes. They're such dad jokes. jokes are the best, though. I freaking love dad jokes. They're so good. Love dad jokes. So... You guys can use those stories and those jokes to uh, impress your family and friends this Christmas. And if you haven't yet checked it out, uh, do yourself a favor and watch the SNL spoof of all the Hollywood <gasps> movies. I, I did watch. I remember <laughs> there's a few of them. Yeah. There's quite a bit yeah, of them. Is, yeah. So do yourself a solid. Yeah. So, guys, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Actually, probably before New Year's. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll probably we'll try to record. this season does and if anyone gets murdered in a study carol. I might be drunk on eggnog. Let's just say. Can you imagine you call me one day we do this via Skype? You're like, come on. I'm sitting there with my egg open being like, what is happening? Oh my gosh. I would totally do an episode of me drinking. I would love to do an episode of me drunk. But we'll have the twist because I'll be stone cold sober. sober, And you'll be drunk. And it'll be like, like, how far can I keep up with you? Oh my gosh. Actually, this happens probably pretty far. That'd be funny. Yeah. So maybe one day I would love to do that. Maybe some vodka gummy bears for you. Oh, so Beth made me a couple of years ago for my birthday these vodka gummies, and they were so good, but they were so strong. And people were kept eating them and eating them. <laughs> people couldn't get up. The best was the people tried to get up, like, and I'm sitting back down. <laughs> That's the best. Those are so good. I'll have to make you something for Christmas. Oh, please do. So on that drunken note. <laughs> 
of spirits and spirits and random Christmas facts and bad Christmas jokes. Have yourself a Merry Christmas, people. And happy Hanukkah and happy Kwanzaa and happy Krampus. And oh, we have the uh, summer. We have winter solstice coming up. Oh, cool. So happy winter solstice to my pagan friends. There you go. And those who celebrate. So, yeah. So have a Merry Christmas and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.